In the Pennsylvania Senate debate, John Fetterman had a horrible performance. He's recovering from a stroke. We understand that. We sympathize with that. And since then, every single poll that has come out has had a surge for Dr. Oz. We're going to discuss where we stand with the current midterms, including Pennsylvania. We're going to give our overview of that particular debate, and we're going to discuss the heartlessness of the Democratic Party for even putting John Fetterman out there in the condition that he's in. Then we're going to talk about the strange, eerie situation involving Paul Pelosi. Yes, that's Nancy Pelosi's husband and the break-in or alleged break-in that took place at their San Francisco home. Nancy Pelosi wasn't there. Paul Pelosi was attacked. We're going to discuss why he was attacked, why the media is saying he was attacked, and some speculations that are currently surrounding the situation. We're then going to discuss Elon Musk's takeover, finally, of Twitter, what it means going forward, how people are responding to it, some things that have happened since he's taken over, and then we're going to cap off the episode in the spirit of Halloween by talking about a great masterpiece, well, at least in my opinion, that has recently hit the streaming services. It's called Barbarian. We're going to give a review give an overview, get in-depth conversation about that particular movie. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair, and our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. And dare I say, follow us at Hanging With Apes on Twitter now that Elon Musk has officially (laughs) taken over. But we're going to get to that. And K-Cartoon, or Kill Cartoon, right? Yeah. Kill Cartoon and RX Phonics on our personal ones. But yeah. Let that sink in. (laughs) Yeah, let that sink in, which is a reference that we'll address a little bit later when we get to the actual twitter takeover segment but kicking it off um this particular topic i would say out of everything we're covering today well i guess barbarian would be the most dated topic but i recently saw it i know you saw it sometime before me you actually saw it when it was at the show right yes yeah i saw it recently that it hit the streaming services um so I guess that would be the more dated topic, but it is in the spirit of Halloween, so we're going to touch on that last. But beside from that one, in the in the news cycle, the the dated topic is um, the John Fetterman debate because that 
debate happened the day that we released last week's episode. Yeah. So we didn't have time to cover it. Um, John Fetterman versus Dr. Oz, Pennsylvania Senate debate. Um, you know, just kicking it off, first things first, I got to say that I felt exactly how my mom felt. I had a conversation with my parents about that debate. And my mom, you could tell that she just, she felt so bad for him because that's a situation where this is a guy that's clearly not in a condition to be on a debate stage, let alone running for Senate for the U.S. government. Uh, It's just, it's just crazy. So much where they had to have a closed captioning setup. Which was very gentlemanly of Dr. Oz to even accept that yeah. uh, um, stipulation uh, uh, or a condition because that's not a traditional thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you could easily, as an opponent, say, listen, if this guy can't even understand the questions you know, in, in an in a audible capacity, then it shouldn't even, like, this should be a, non, a, a non-factor, yeah, yeah. you know? But he was gentlemanly in in the fact that he even accepted such a condition going forward into the debate. And to be quite honest, it wasn't even that he had a particular, meaning Dr. Oz, it wasn't even that he had a particularly great performance that night. It was just that John Fetterman had such an abysmal performance due to his condition. Now let me let me add that as a as a caveat to what we're saying. We understand that John Fetterman had a stroke. We understand that he's recovering from his stroke, and yes, naturally you sympathize with that. You feel bad for him, but at the same time, you're running to represent the people of Pennsylvania in the Senate. Yeah, if you can't talk, I mean. You not even just talk. You can't even process process what you're hearing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's major. That's very important. And and you have to have a healthy official running your state. It's just that's what that's how it should run. And it's like, well, Oz did a very good job of, of, of taking the high road because like even me, who I also felt bad, I felt like, wow, you have you have a lot of material to kind of attack him on it in terms respectfully of, in, in terms yeah. of his his uh having ability to even yeah and 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 it's like you serve from like a medical e- standpoint. exactly yeah because like i'm a, again i've always i've always shared this i'm a huge fan of boxing and i love combat sports but I, i'm a huge fan of boxing and 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 to me that's like Two men, head to head. I don't give a fuck if I hurt you. Someone's going to get knocked the fuck out, knocked the fuck down. Someone's going to get hurt. You're going to get hit in the body. You're going to hit in the face. People are going to have black eyes. They're going to be bloodied. So to me, when you're competing, I'm going for your throat. And so on those grounds, Oz had no reason to be nice to him. No reason. You know, and there's different type of debaters. You know, Trump would not. Trump wouldn't have gave a fuck. Yeah, you know, Oz took the high ground, and I give him and, respect. And you, for and that. you know, what's interesting the is, is the blue check mafia. Some of the the these media pundits from uh, 
they still had the audacity because I agree with everything you're saying about Oz taking the high road. Some of these blue check mafia pundits still had the audacity to say stuff along the lines of uh, Oz was an ableist bully. Shut the fuck up. Right. And that, to me, that's like... That's kind of why you feel like you yeah. should have got greasy. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like... like but I, I, I honestly think that it would have hurt Oz more than helped him. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh... I think it was a sinking ship we were watching, yeah. and like you just let that shit ride. Let your enemy dig yeah. their own hole. Absolutely, it's like it's more of a chess move to to do that. Even though I feel like I would have been a lot more willing <laughs> in the debate stage to to say something about it. He'd been like, "I'm a doctor, and this man is not fit to serve." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because that would have that. It is is an official medical perspective. Like yeah. Doctor Oz is a doctor, and, and that's a and very, a medical doctor, yeah, not yeah. like a a Jill Biden doctor. No, 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 no. This is like a real doctor, and yeah, and like you could say yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you could have attacked him in a manner where you don't attack him like as in like being ruthless, but like you attack him on on a medical. No, like this man is not fit to serve. It's just my honest opinion. I'm a medical professional. I've seen. Where the, you know what I'm saying? Like you could have went that route, and I respect Oz for 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 being like, well, you know what? I'm gonna just take the high road on this one. He he yeah. he did it from a candidate capacity and not a doctor capacity. Yeah. And you know another thing that I don't know if you peeped this, but another thing that stood out about his humility when it came to that particular debate, I don't know if you you noticed that the the female moderator kept calling him Mister Oz. Mr. Oz, if that was Dr. Fauci or or Dr. Joe Biden, the all the media would have been like, oh, how disrespectful not to call them by their proper title as yeah. doctor. But like this one who, who is a doctor, yeah. I noticed that. Like I, that's something that stood out to me. I'm like, damn, like it's crazy. Like, which is good. Like he's like, yeah, well, he didn't. It obviously yeah. didn't phase him. But I've known just, doctors who have checked me. I mean, like, no, I'm doctor, not Mister. Yeah, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. All I right, think that's doc. some like uppity shit. Yeah, but but it's just funny. But it's very because common because like, like the the media like no. it had the shoe been on the other foot. No. Oh my god, the media would. That's all they would have talked about. Yeah, like how how disrespectful yeah, this all of that, and that shit. And like being a Republican candidate, you're 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 really kind of stuck in the. Well, first of all, what the fuck does it matter? That's first of all. You call me Mister. It is what it is. <laughs> Whatever. That's first. I'm debating of all. a fucking vegetable. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, my night can't get any worse. Yeah, you call me <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, I, I'm winning right now. That's first of all. Second of all, um, you're not gonna win any points by saying it's Doctor Not Mister. No, no, you'll oh lose points. My you're God. gonna, yeah, exactly. Well, you're, oh, you you yeah. lose points. It's, it's you like, lose points yeah. by by by, by by bringing up this man's <laughs> condition. And you lose points by by correcting them to call you doctor. Yeah. Like you gain nothing. Only 100%. if you're on the left can you correct anybody on. Oh that. yeah, if, if it was if it, if if it was the left and if the shoe was on the other foot and it was it was Fetterman. Yeah. It was Oz who had suffered from a stroke, and Fetterman called out him not being fit to serve. It would have been a great moment of honesty for democracy, if, yeah. if, for for the media, and it was if if it was Fetterman, who was a doctor, and he corrected somebody by calling them by by them calling him uh, um, 
from Mister to Doctor. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, th this highlights that we need to respect the medical professionals. This and this, like it would have been, it would have been the total opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's always gonna be a lose lose for Republicans on those on those situations. So <clears throat> he played he played his cards right, I think, especially for Pennsylvania, who is you know went blue and is is a swing state. So I think Oz uh, did solid on his performance. He did good. Like I I I don't know that he was tested much because there was times where like Fetterman would be asked questions and uh -huh. it was that uncomfortable. Long silences, yeah. And then he was just standing there, and I was like, "Wow, this motherfucker really is just shutting down." And I bet what it was was uh. So the caption, did he have something in his ear, or, or was it was there like a screen? Uh, no, it was a screen that he was reading. Yeah, like you you gotta you gotta answer quicker than that. You're debating, you know. It, it makes it where you're not sure. So, they're like, oh, well, so where do you stand on with uh, the fracking? And then they, they called him out on it. He was incoherent. And, and like, I don't know what, what he was saying. And he said, yeah, no, I'm for fracking. And then, well, what do you say about what you said in 2018 about fracking? Where you said that you've never supported fracking. And then he's like, I'm for fracking. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> It doesn't take much thought to say that you're for fracking. At the time, I might have been, you know, not well informed. But now that I'm informed, like, you could have answered better, but you can't because you're not able to. Yeah, he didn't have the yeah. capacity to. A and so on that front, yeah, I do feel bad. Like, what, you don't have family members or friends or people in, in your campaign that is like, you know what, this is probably not the best for you to do. You, know. you need to be home recovering. Yeah. But that speaks to the heartlessness of the Democratic Party and how it's all about a seat. Because this motherfucker could die in office, but oh, well, at least we have the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fetterman made Biden look like a modern age, like, high-level thinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biden is bad. Like, I didn't think it would get worse than Biden. It did with Fetterman. And it's like, at what point does the politics matter more than the health of the person or the competency of the person because like you put really like the 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 state or the country in jeopardy yeah in jeopardy in danger in in limbo because these people aren't really leading like so it's just not it's not it's not good sometimes you just got to take the l or go with another candidate Risk it with that. I. It, it's funny because the blue check mafia pundits, like, they had a lot to say about Dr. Oz and, like, him being this big bad bully or whatever the case. And also, they had a lot to say about his response when it came to the questions on abortion. But out of all of the debates, I actually feel like his was the most level-headed response. He said... He even said, I will not sign a bill uh, that gives the federal government authority over what a state should do. Like, he's truly... Yeah. Listen, Roe versus Wade was overturned. So when they... <clears throat> then, then they double down and they're like, oh, well, what about Lindsey Graham's bill? And he's like, again, 
I will not sign on or vote for a bill that is federal when it comes to abortion. Yeah. Which I thought that was great. I think like that has to have scored him a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, with people that that like abortion is a big issue. He kind of took our route. Yeah. When 100%, we were talking about it. Yeah. Hundred percent. That that's and that's how I. That's what I liked about it is like. Because cause I really don't think that it's wise for these Republicans to, like, really rock with the Lindsey Graham bill because Roe versus Wade is overturned. It's state by state. Leave it be. But I do understand that for the more evangelical voter, you probably do need to have some sort of baseline. And I think that's why they were using that. Like, there, it, it was like a... I think like, it was a Trojan horse that we didn't see for... The blueprint or the it's layout, like a, like, like, a like a metric that yeah. you have to like have for certain more conservative states, per Pennsylvania. That's not that conservative. It's discardable. Yeah, exactly. And so and so, I remember us critiquing it, but I felt like, well, this kind of does even the playing field. Now that we're looking at it, and now that we're looking at how how candidates are debating, they're either being like, oh yeah, maybe, or nah, we're gonna go state by state. But at least it leaves something. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, no, that that's... And it's like, how many in a row of Republican candidates that are standing on whatever the fuck they believe? Yeah. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone believes something different, but at least they're at least standing it, and answering. It, whereas the, the left, all they just keep referencing is Roe versus Wade. Yeah. I believe in Roe versus Wade, which is not answering the question because there's nothing in Roe versus Wade that established any sort of limit. Yeah. That it's just, uh, it's just a, a law saying, it's just a ruling that's saying that every state has to allow abortion to a certain capacity. That's not... That's not a. You're not. You're not establishing where you stand on limits whatsoever. If you even believe in them whatsoever, versus yeah. juxtaposed to like what you just said, at least Republicans are standing on something. Yeah, and and a lot of it too is the left has become so extreme. The the people that that you know that that vote for these people. That you you're kind of the 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 Democrat is kind of like fuck. How, how do I go? How do I appease these people without sounding like a crazy fuck? Yeah, they they it's it's funny, and I guess to be quite honest, I was wrong about it too because I really thought the Lindsey Graham thing would have hurt more than it helped, but it really does seem like it helped a little bit. Yeah, and because when you establish limits. You now, it's like, well, I established my limits. Let me highlight your, oh, you don't have nothing to say. Oh, it's because, at birth, it's fine. You know, oh, yeah. So it, right. it's sort of, it was interesting, really, how it all, in the end, how it ended up. Obviously, yeah. the midterms haven't taken place yet, so we don't know what's going to happen. But at least with the, you know, the polling and the data and everything that we're seeing, it doesn't seem like that Lindsey Graham situation the the bill that he's proposing hurt as much as we thought it would. Yeah, I feel like it was probably the reason we felt that way too was because at the time, it well, was, the numbers were bad. Yeah, and yeah. it was because of that, and yeah. so it was like, wow, I just lost, I just got knocked down two times in this round, and now you're gonna say say this shit to me? Yeah, and there were three special elections, each one that the Republicans had lost. So like. 
every metric that we had to go off of showed that this was a bad strategic move, you know? Yeah. So in real time, you're seeing how how these polls work, uh, how things come in waves, and how you have to kind of implant the move, you know, okay, I'm going to put this move here. For now, it's going to not look great, but as time passes and the outrage passes, this is a good metric. And I feel like, okay. And I, and I think that we learned that a lot even during the Hillary and Trump, uh, not primaries, but like the actual uh, can, candidate, like de- leading into the debates and into the presidency, their campaigns, like there was a lot of, especially on Trump's part, a lot of like controversies, a lot of things that were coming out, a lot of things that were timed that you could see that the left was using to kind of push. And it was like, one one thing that Trump did was, well, I'm not going to fold or crack under the pressure. I'm just going to like keep countering and like let time pass. Yeah. Let time pass. Let time pass. And yeah, that's how he won. Coupled with the idea that people were so... Like, because Hillary essentially ran as a third-term Obama, yeah, it's like you you realize you're you're banking off of people being so tired of these policies, yeah, that like there's a lot of shit they're gonna be willing to look the other way on, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the way that that Clinton left the economy, which was like in in pretty decent shape when when uh, George W. Bush won, and a lot of things were. We're good. We're like when Bush took over, like Bush's issue that that he had, like his big issue, obviously before nine eleven or whatever, is like, oh well, I'm gonna like start working on on social security, yeah, like fixing that. Like that's where the world was at the time. Yeah. It was just, oh well, like you know, we got mind you, there was something behind the curtain, very evil brewing, you know, b- before nine eleven. But yeah. in the meantime, it's oh well. Let's fix some social security. It's like Bush was the guy that like got to come in into work with a cup of coffee and be like, "Yeah, hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, how's everybody doing?" You know, and, and then the and, wall was a thing, huh? With him, the wall was a thing, the fencing and all that shit. That was he tried to pass that. He tried to fix the immigration shit. Like yeah. these are issues that when shit is coasting, you're like, "All right, well, we yeah, gotta, we could deal with certain things." Yeah. Absolutely, and, and so. Uh, but it got so bad after that, like economic crisis, nine eleven, economic crisis, Obama's policies, everything like that. That people were so fed up that, like, yeah, grab them by the pussy, like uh, rape allegations, all type of shit. It's like it didn't, it didn't matter no. because it's like whatever. You mothers have been doing a horrible job, you know, and and what we're noticing now is we're seeing the same sort of situation with abortion. It's like, like you said it in, I want to say it was last week's episode, the way you phrased it is that it's such a, a niche issue that it's like people are like, listen, man, we don't got time for this bullshit. Yeah. Like, motherfuckers, motherfuckers will revisit this when she's right with the world. And, 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 and the thing is, the thing is, like, I've heard the argument made that oh well it's not going to be as big of a red wave because like the job market is good but to me what i would say is that i think 
that's even more reason for it to be a red wave because see there's one thing where like if people are struggling if they don't have a job it's like you could sort of rationalize well yeah. i'm struggling i don't have a job when there's jobs i won't be struggling that's sort of the thought process yeah but imagine now there's so many jobs but people are still struggling that's, that's like there's no there's there's no remedy for it. Like, what's yeah. the remedy? So the I'm remedy working, is I gotta vote these yeah. people out of office. I'm working to barely meet ends meet, if even, if even. I might be drowning in debt right now, if even. And then you know, a lot of people they gotta keep up with the Joneses, especially around holiday season and everything like that. Yeah, you know. Well, last year we saw it. I wonder how it's gonna be this year. I can only imagine the amount of articles that we're gonna see telling people to forego thanksgiving to save and remember like yeah. like all of that type of shit like rather than the media hold the white house accountable it's like oh no instead let your dog die uh a forego thanksgiving <laughs> remember that shit yeah, I forgot about that you know like like you know so that's uh it's obviously it's it's going to be interesting but i think we're seeing the same thing and it, uh i don't know if you saw that video which I, I find it sort of odd. Obama, he's he was campaigning. Um, he's doing a rally in Michigan, in Detroit. Strange. Strange the same way. It parallels the strangeness of Joe Biden in Las Vegas right before the 2020 election. Yeah. This parallels that because... Tudor Dixon and Gretchen Whitmer, they're not like like Whitmer has that like this for governor. Yeah, like Whitmer has that. So like, do you are you feeling something? Yeah, like what? Yeah, you know, what, hey. like what, what what do you think about that? I, I well, I think that they're uneasy, and and uh, I think seeing the <laughs> the Fetterman situation, the gas situation, and the the decrease in in. The Roe v. Wade outrage has them feeling the the heat, and they're like, "Fuck, we got we gotta we gotta go to Michigan." But still, go, go. like, because the only like the big race is the governor race because there's no Senate race this year in Michigan. Yeah. So, and you know, for all intents and purposes, Whitmer has it. So it's like. That him being in Detroit strikes me the same way that Biden in Nevada strikes me, which I wonder if we're going to start seeing a trend because two years later, reverse to 2020 and then fast forward to two years later, Nevada now is considered out of all of the toss ups, the safest red Senate and for governor. Yeah. So in two years. So Biden goes to, to to Nevada at a time it doesn't really Las Vegas at that doesn't really show too much of an indication that that's going to be even in question. Two years later, it's all but a stronghold for the GOP. Yeah. So what is two years? What's Michigan in two years? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's just that's kind of the way that I I look at things and I break things down, and I find it. I find it very interesting. Now, before we move on to the to uh, uh, the 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 Paul Pelosi uh, invasion situation of intruder situation, rather RCP has it where 
there's gonna they have it where they they believe according to the, our the real politics the real clear politics aggregate that re- Republicans are gonna win Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. Aside from the other uh, 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 states that are currently likely and and strongholds, so I was doing some research and I find some things very interesting. And what's interesting is the 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 top guy from Insider Advantage polling. He was on Sean Hannity recently, and yeah. the top guy from Trafalgar was on Hannity recently. They both think that it's very, very likely that Blake Masters gets gets Arizona. Now, if Blake Masters gets Arizona, you could pretty much bank that Laxalt keeps Nevada, Oz keeps Pennsylvania, and Walker keeps Georgia because of those four toss-ups. Or Blake they take Mas- huh? They take it. Or they well, yeah. I'm I'm saying keep All it like, in terms yeah. of in terms of the standing. Well, yeah, yeah. they take it. As far as gain a Senate, gain in the Senate, but yeah. I'm saying keep it in terms of like where the aggregate is projecting uh, okay. like things will be. Now, <clears throat> because they're all doing better than the Blake Masters. Yeah, yeah. Now, so what's interesting though is if you account, if you account for the 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 oversampling of Democrats. In all of these places, it starts to paint a very interesting picture. So I was doing some numbers, and and uh, I I found it I found it kind of interesting. So right now, the the GOP was underestimated by one point in Nevada in the twenty twenty election. Yeah. So they were underestimated by one point. So that right now gives Mark, and this is in Arizona. That gives that gives uh, Mark Kelly a zero point five projection rate on the day of election for the midterm. So that means that he would end up the winner in Arizona. So that's not looking too great. And these these are all the current numbers as we record this. In Nevada, they underestimated the GOP by. They know they actually underestimated the Democrats by 1.6. That would give Cortez Masto a 0.4. So both of these, if the underestimation holds true, that means that that's not looking good for the Republicans if you account for the underestimation. But what we're seeing is that the 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 independents right now are shifting heavily towards to the right. towards the right. If if you you account for the underestimation of the GOP in Georgia, which is one point four, that gives Walker a three point victory on the day of election for Georgia, and in Pennsylvania, if you account for the underestimation of the GOP by four points, that gives Oz four point one. So that would mean that would mean that we may not get Nevada. Let's let me bring up this this little Nevada chart. and Arizona, right? But but we'll gain Georgia and Pennsylvania for sure. Exactly. So that would put that would put the 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 GOP at fifty one, which has been my my prediction yeah. for a while now. But what's interesting, and this and what made me think about this is when the Insider Advantage guy 
was on Hannity, he thinks that we're going to get a surprise and he thinks it's going to be New Hampshire because when you under, when you factor in the underestimation for the GOP, which was 4.4 in New Hampshire, that puts Bolduc, the Republican candidate for Senate in New Hampshire, winning the election by one point. Yeah. So that I found very interesting. Like these guys are so smart with these numbers and I never even really saw that. I knew New Hampshire is out of, aside from those toss-ups, New Hampshire is the next closest to being a toss-up. Yeah. But I didn't really think that was in play. Yeah. But when you factor in the underestimation and the swing, we could possibly see New Hampshire. Now I'm not saying that this is just. This, oh, we got to put some money in this there. This is all. This is all very. This is all very speculative yeah. and 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 hypothetical, uh, or really theoretical rather. It's theoretical. If you, if you were Big Mitch, would you be like, oh, New Hampshire? Hmm. Let like like throw some throw some money. No, I would if if I was Cocaine Mitch and Trump right now, I would look at. Maybe Ohio, because I feel like J.D. Vance has that locked, but I would throw in a little money to make sure we got it locked. Yeah. I would throw in money Georgia and in Pennsylvania. Yeah. The only problem that I don't like about Pennsylvania is that their election laws are kind of funky. So that's the only scary thing. So then at that point, you would have to decide between like Nevada and Pennsylvania, which you're going to throw money in. Oz is the best Republican you could hope for in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it turned out that like that was the right choice for Pennsylvania. Yeah, which shows like Trump. Yeah, understood that he's ah. I'll back you. I know you're not like me, but I need you. I need you here. And now you see that. Now you. But how wild would it be? Because. I've been saying for the longest, my prediction is fifty-one. So the the GOP Senate majority. Best case scenario, I've been saying is fifty three. That's best case scenario. Yeah. But according to inside the the top guy at Insider Advantage, he believes best case scenario could be fifty four. How wild know. is that? Yeah, I mean, I think fifty two is like that. I I would be like, damn, fifty two. We did it. If if there's fifty two, I, I posted this on Twitter. I think you responded to it. If there's fifty two Senate seats. To me, that would serve as a barometer that some fishy shit happened in 2020. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. To me, yep. that would be like, yep. that would be like, how did it swing like this much in two years and Trump didn't win? I don't know. I don't know. You know, this is all like we're, we're talking very theoretical right now, but it's very, it's very interesting. But I mean. You, know, can, you can I say whatever you want now on Twitter. Huh? You can say whatever the fuck you want that's, now on that's Twitter. The beauty. That's yeah. the beauty. I would have never posted that before the Elon Musk takeover. <laughs> right. That shit would have got flagged so quick. Yep. Um, so moving on to the next segment, uh, Paul Pelosi is a wild dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, man, so I'm going to give, give you guys the backdrop, the official media story. And then we're going to get into some interesting things that have interesting details that have popped up surrounding this Paul Pelosi situation. So the official media narrative is that Paul Pelosi was wholesome at night, one night when Nancy Pelosi wasn't there, and some intruder 
some at first they were trying to say it was like a MAGA intruder that was saying where's Nancy where's Nancy and, this, and this Hillary is, even kind of pushed that too exactly because that's what they want they so want that yeah and Paul Pelosi was wholesome at home uh, resting uh, after a day of Bible study <laughs> and this intruder comes in uh, threatens him with a hammer saying where's Nancy where's Nancy attacks him with a hammer he goes to the hospital the police are called before he's attacked though and uh they arrest this guy and upon police arrival is when paul pelosi is officially attacked and the man is arrested paul pelosi goes to the hospital um i think he has surgery he's expected to make a full recovery and that's the official media narrative yeah but as more and more details start to come out... Cleaned up. Yeah, it's very clean. Very clean narrative. <laughs> but as more and more details start to come out, we start to see some strange events, other events took place, such as apparently the man was in his underwear when they were... <laughs> then when he was arrested. Um... Apparently, when Paul Pelosi and and actually this it, there's audio recordings of the dispatch slumber party to the officer that was responding, saying that the reporting person said that there's somebody in his house. He doesn't know him, but he's a friend, and his name is David. Yeah, yeah. Um. So how do you know the name of your intruder? And that that recording is out there, like that you could like. See it on Twitter. You, you I don't know. If how you do you not Google know it. him? But he's also a friend. And how do you know his name? Hey, like friend, who, no. Like who intrudes? Who who intrudes in one's house? Is, is in in the middle of the night, and is, is you don't know this person, but yeah. you know their name. Yeah. And so they're in underwear. That's that's pretty strange, and also in going down this rabbit hole, you realize that. Um, there was speculation from before that when Paul Pelosi got in that DUI not that long ago, there was a male passenger that fled the scene of the accident. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of brings up some more questions. And then in a, a official political article, they stated that there was a third person that let the police in when they arrived to the house. So I don't know if this person was security or who this person was, but... If you had somebody there, either a family member or security or whatever, when this intruder came in, like how you had somebody there to help you, this intruder, unless yeah. this person knew that this person was there and perhaps he was let in. Yeah. Or at least the intruder would have like broken legs. Like, motherfucker, you're not going to attack. Like, you think about it. If you have someone at your house that you know and it's a family friend, you're being attacked. Y'all team up. Somebody's going to do something. Yeah. Right. You know, so. That's that's strange. And then you look at the, the, the images of where the door was broken and the glass is like laying on the outside as if the window was broken from the inside. Yeah. Like if you yeah. break the window from the outside, the glass is going to go inside. If you break the window from the inside, the glass is going to go outside and the glass is outside. So it's all very strange. Yeah, yeah. And I find it interesting to talk about and bring up because... As this story has been circulating, especially on Twitter, now in the light of the Elon Musk takeover, which kind of serves as a perfect segue, in the Elon Musk takeover, 
as people are talking about all of these strange details that have been popping up, a lot of people are offended. Like it's like they're saying, "Oh, it's misinformation! It's misinformation!" Well, someone, where are the fact but, checkers? But, but what exactly is misinformation? Because that dispatch call. That's a real dispatch yeah, call yeah. of Pop Pelosi saying that this guy's name is David and he's a friend. Yeah. So when you have the willingness to say that it's misinformation, do you also have the willingness to question, one, how does Pop Pelosi know this guy's name? Why is he calling him a friend? And yeah. why isn't there more urgency in, in, the, in, in the information that he's giving the police? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and it's like these are legit questions about a situation, and shows the vast and stark difference between what Twitter was and what Twitter might be going forward. It's like, well, now you can ask these questions because especially the the greatest was when Hillary starts to say Hillary Clinton starts oh, yeah. starts to to swing it as if this was something bred in the vein of of January six. <laughs> insurrectionist and uh these are what MAGA Republicans do and they're trying to paint this guy who was arrested in the past for male prostitution as some sort of MAGA Republican when number one if you if you look at the pictures of where he lives the official media pictures of where he lives he has uh, uh, a gay flag in front of his in front of his place Black Lives Matter uh all type of like leftist hippie shit I don't know. That doesn't, to me, look like a MAGA Republican. No, not at all. And it's like, well, how can you even have the balls to to think, to, to even say that? Well, because that, that's the narrative that they want to swing. And then when they get checked on it now in Elon Musk's Twitter, there's an, it's an uproar so much that people want to leave the platform. and well, because Because somebody is, is, is calling you out on, on the BS that you're spewing? Yeah. Not only that, but like to me, you you're you're leaving like we got half of our viewer or uh, half of our of our followers couldn't have. We took the L, but we stayed. We knew to to oh, let's expand to other places, let's have things in place. We're not dumb. So that's all you do. You don't fucking, oh, I'm going to cry now. Elon is the CEO of Twitter. Oh, this is horrible. But that also shows the intellectual fallacy on the part of the left. Because look at what you just said. What you just said is things were not looking good on Twitter. A lot of censorship. Yeah. A lot of shadow banning of people on the right wing a lot of shadow banning of of gop a lot of shadow a lot of sh flat out banning yeah of people that had ideas that were outside of the mainstream narrative um and anybody that wasn't confined to like some either normie or like left-wing ideology they were either shadow banned or flat out banned or suspended or whatever have you but we never left. We never left. We yeah. dealt with it. We did have contingency plans, and and we did go to other platforms and and ex start expanding to other platforms. Yeah. But we never a hundred percent left. And that's when there was an actual onslaught on our side of the aisle, 
now people are these people these lefties are leaving and there's no onslaught on their side of the aisle all there is is a level playing field so what you're saying is your intellectual fallacy is displaying that you only like to play the game when it's rigged. you're uphill you have the uphill advantage or when it's rigged but when it's a level playing field it's you don't think that that's fair so what's fair to you is when there's there's some sort of yeah. advantage that you have now you have to do a darth vader on the same ground not the higher ground right and I was like, oh shit so i was like well that well that's that's the that's how life works like now let's debate now I'm going to challenge the things that you're going to say and that you have to say. Now we could say, oh, hey, Pfizer, I don't know if I trust them. This is why. There's information. These are the doctors. The doctors that were banned or, or taken off of the platforms. Oh, well, now they can say what they think. And at the end, the the truth wins. The truth wins. Not like... It's going to be opinions, yes. There's going to be opinions on both sides, but like to get to the truth. You can't get to the truth. Right. It's not bias or yeah. partisanship. Yeah. It's just the truth, and the I've, objective yeah. truth. And I've said this a million times before. Had it been the other way around, where Republicans, or people on the right rather, are trying to ban people on the left. No, that's not cool. Let them fucking be. Let them d- debate you. Don't run away from the yeah. debate. Debate. Like we we're not here to fucking hide from the opponent. We're here to talk and debate. You know, kind of what I liked about the Lex Friedman and and Kanye um uh podcast episode. They talked. They disagreed. They got argumentative, but they got through it, and they you know they they each said their piece. Um, that was the first time I've ever watched a Lex Friedman podcast episode. I know he's had Jordan Peterson on there. He's had a couple people on there. But I've never really been enticed. But Kanye, Kanye's Kanye. Like a fucking when you get people like Kanye or Andrew Tate on yeah. there, I, I'm gonna watch it. And so, yeah, no, I like that. I like that you're debating a Jewish man on 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 what you think, and that's cool. Like here is where we get to what what's the problem here? Why are you guys butting heads? Why? All right, cool. You didn't have that on Twitter. You didn't have that yeah. on Twitter, and it was for the worst. Because what happens when there's a level playing field, it's may the best idea win. Yes. And because lefties don't really rock with too much in, in, in regards of like, in, like the... The intellectual depths of their argument, it th- th- there are none. It's just all yeah. surface level. And maybe there are intellectual depths of their arguments, but they don't go down that route. It's like surface level platitude that they throw out, yeah. and then they want to go back to like whatever it is that they're doing yeah. versus guys like you and me. Like we actually like will read about this stuff, watch videos on this stuff, share videos. I mean, I talk to my parents about this. I talk to like, like, like this stuff is my life. So yeah. whenever there is a moment where like I debate somebody either on Twitter or in real life or whatever, it's it's sort of like, listen, dude, like you got a a a, a mainstream headline and you you ran with it. And like you're arguing somebody that's like is like really 
in, in the depth, depth of this with shit. this yeah. stuff. And, and that's that's the problem that's that's plagued social media and their censors and their and what this their censorship has caused is like you're seeing the effects of that. You're seeing the effects on democratic candidates not having sound debates. Yeah, 100%. They don't have answers because they're going off of, well, we don't have anyone to debate us. So now when you get the monsters that know everything and stand on some shit, even if it's not what the left stands for, it, it looks bad. That is what, what you just described was exactly what took place in the Marco Rubio versus Val Demings debate. It was exactly that. It was somebody that is that is standing on on abortion, but you're standing on abortion, but you're not even really going into like the the philosophical depths of the topic. You're just saying Roe versus Wade. Yeah, a bunch of platitudes about police and inequality, like that's all you have. Versus a guy that is just. Just dissecting you, yeah. dissecting you at every corner because they haven't do they haven't done the due diligence of actually making their arguments sound. Yeah, and that's the benefit of having a level playing field is may the best argument win. Yeah. It's it's funny because there's this YouTube channel that I follow. It's a socialist YouTube channel. It's called Second Thought. Wow. And, and huh. <laughs> you just took that shit out of my head because, like, I was literally thinking now that you said that, and, 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 I'll, and I'll let you finish, but just to add a little context, I was thinking about when I, if I were to see, like, let's say Elon Musk say, well, maybe communism is the way to go or whatever, something like that, right? And I saw that it got a, a million retweets and likes, instead of being like, no, I'd be like, what's the angle or what, why are people so enthralled with this tweet like i want to see i want to see the comments i want to see what deeper. people have to I say to dig deeper yes. yeah exactly and and, and that's uh, that coincides with the point that i'm making about this youtube channel i know i've sent you videos from that channel i've sent my dad videos from that channel it's a it's a flat out socialist channel but what's interesting about that is number one, I would never advocate for that channel to be banned because no. I because you say whatever you want to say. But what's so interesting about it is like every video that I watch from that channel, they minimize and delegitimize capitalism so much that they make they 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 may that that's why like so many of their their arguments are so easy to like dismantle yeah is because like you're not even taking into account the good things that capital like like to them yeah. like like there is no nothing good about private property like nothing at all no, good com- that's from, ridiculous. so so you're doing yourself a disservice because like that's your argument is that much weaker for not actually yeah. looking into the other side. And so, but again, I like watching that stuff because yeah. I like to see, all right, how, where is the other side arguing from? How easy is it to dismantle? Yeah. Do I feel like I need to do more research to dismantle? Yes, exactly. Or maybe they're right about something, but it's like you, you, that's the benefit. Yes. But, but the thing is that in order to do that, that actually takes time and effort to do all of that stuff. That actually might require picking up a book 
We're yeah. looking at history. But it's important to do that. Exactly. If you're going to talk about it. Yes. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. That's because that, that's the thing, too. Like, yeah, that's yeah. fine if you don't know about this stuff. But why are you talking about it? Yeah, then? yeah. Just sit your ass the fuck down. Shut the fuck up about it. Like, you, you're fine. You're, you're not needed here. You're, you're not willing to do the due diligence to shut the fuck up. And so, I don't know. That's 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 how shit should work. And in general, living a life is living through the ups and downs of good and bad decisions. And you, you really owe that to yourself to understand. Because, like, for every bad thing that has happened in society, there's been good. Right? 2008, terrible. But the people that reap the benefits of that are the people that are that understand that, yes, this is catastrophic. Yes, this is bad. But there is good in, in here. Like you can navigate through the catastrophe and come out better off by looking at things at an even scale. Like, okay, well, we're here. Yeah. Like you're fucked. You're here. So how do we go about it? All right, cool. Prepare. Be better off. What mistakes did, did, did society show you that they made? That individuals show you that they made that maybe you should learn from? All right, cool. Um, it, it, it would help you know how the economy works, interest rates, uh, the stock market, uh, property, like real estate, rather. Um, all these things that you're like, wow, I need to learn about this shit because like something happened here. And like it's affecting me now. But what about the bears? <laughs> that's, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it boils down yeah. to. And that's where it gets sad because it's like the people, yeah, the people that, that that say the bears, right? Or or go raiders or whatever the fuck, and that's all they give a fuck about. But then they have an opinion. No, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. You've been waiting all week to waste away your Sunday and have not done anything. Anything during the week to, to make yourself better, to produce something better, to, to be productive, to learn, to be better prepared, but you have an opinion, shut the fuck up. That's just the honest truth. Like, to me, I respect someone uh, on any side of the aisle that knows their shit. And even if it's a flawed thought, like they've actually done their homework, mm -hmm. and this is why they think that. And they just, that's their worldview. I can respect that. I could disagree with you, but I could respect you. You know what I mean? Like I could, you know, like when you had, well, we had Alicia Sweet, uh, Swiss here. Don't agree with her at all. But at least in your world, you're into that shit. You have your statistics and you're willing to take your statistics into our show, debate, K cartoon. Like I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. Like, I, hey, whatever. I respect Bill Maher because he has Ben Shapiro, because he he had uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, because he'll have Joe Rogan, has had jo uh, Jordan Peterson, I would probably have Andrew Tate, you know, would have Kanye West, would have fucking probably Donald Trump. Like he don't give a fuck. You don't. You think Bill Maher gives a fuck? No. Let's 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 talk these ideas, because I think that you're flawed in yeah. your thought process. Let's see what it is. And, and and with that being said, even he has healthy thoughts that I'm like, wow, it makes a valid point. Yeah. When it comes to uh, health, human health, like we talk shit about like healthcare and all this shit. Well, we're eating Big Macs. Yeah. He makes so many great ass points that for every 
point down oh, that shit is trash it's like wow but but it's like the exchange of ideas and yeah. you're like wow i like i like him yeah i'm mean, agree with but who the fuck do you ever agree with 100 percent? exactly and like, i don't agree with people 100 percent. like there's nobody that i've ever met that i've been like oh wow i agree 100 percent. nobody nobody right and, and so when you have a platform a social media platform your job especially a, a place like twitter is a place of ideas thoughts like yes be controversial on there yes have crazy thoughts on there yes have philosophical thoughts on there yes make people feel uncomfortable or or at least be like wow what the fuck i i never thought of it that way you can't have that if all you focus on is censoring, 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 censoring. Yeah. And so I hope now that Elon is there. Um, and, and now that it's a place where challenging ideas and, and, and stuff like that can can uh, grow and, 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 and cultivate, people want to leave. Yeah, yeah. And well, you made a valid point in pre-production. You were talking about how like... What Twitter has that, like, let's say a Truth Social doesn't. Truth Social is very political. Yeah. Twitter, yes, it's political, but it's about anything that you want it to be about. Yeah. Not that Truth Social can't be that, but they've catered more to the political yeah. side of the aisle. Like and, a lot of times, the stuff that's trending that that's trending on Twitter, it could be a video game, it could be it could be sports related, it could be a movie, it could be anything. Like, yeah. it's not always. Like political stuff. No. Yeah. And so it's like, well, that's that that's that's dope and, and, and that's, you know, remain the same, but it's just the political aspect of it. It's like, well, we can't have honest we can't have honest elections if you're banning all the thought leaders of the right. Yeah. We can't we can't we can't do that. And and, and, and vice versa. And so now it's like it's kind of like wow. You took the steroids away from the other side. Let's see who's really swole out here. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. And we will. So moving forward, next segment, the movie Barbarian. Now, I remember when this movie was in the movie theaters, uh, I saw the trailer. I thought it looked interesting. Then when it was out in the theaters, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I saw some spoiler free reviews from some movie critics that I respect a lot on YouTube. Yeah. Jeremy Johns, Chris Stockman. I was like, oh okay. Like this the, the, they're speaking very highly of it. Yeah. Um and I reached out, I know it was in the group thread, but I reached out to to one of our friends that He's specifically a big connoisseur of horror movies. And so I asked him, had he seen it? He hadn't at the time, but he had planned on checking it out. And when he got back to us, he was he he was disappointed in it. He didn't yeah. in fact I if if I'm not mistaken, he gave it a two star out of five. Like yeah. that that was that was uh uh he, he used uh, the old Foul but funny, uh, yeah. uh, film rating system, which was okay. nothing a better to do, which yeah. was which is two out of five stars, um, and then 
I was like, hmm. Well, it, it now it, it made me a little bit uh, uh, skeptical because I'm like, damn, like these these critics are saying good things, but he saw it and he said he didn't like it, and then when it was at the show, you saw it. Yeah. And now I felt like when you told me about it, you didn't dislike it as much as him, but yeah. you didn't quite like it as much as I did when I finally saw it. No, well, I enjoyed it for myself, but I knew it was, it was going to have a limited scope. So I was like, I like it. I like what they did with the story. I like that it took me places. I didn't think... like I. It totally subverts expectations. Yeah, so... In that regard, I enjoyed it, but I just knew like that shit wasn't gonna be like the Conjuring to people. You get what I'm saying? I thought it was better than the Conjuring. Yes, in my opinion, it is. But it's a smarter movie than the Con. The Conjuring. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a very smart movie. Yeah, like, you have to look at horror. Like, okay, so the Conjuring is a very solid horror film as a traditional, um. Overall, like everybody will like it type of yeah. movie. Like I like mainstream. The, yeah, mainstream. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect word. Mainstream. Um, perfect mainstream. Well, not perfect, but it was a very solid mainstream scary movie. This is not mainstream. This is going to be more of a cult classic type of movie. Um, so that was where I was like, I like it. I think the story's good. I think it has social commentary in it. I think, like, I was actually scared, like, because I, it, it, it was just one of those movies, like, horror films have the tendency of, like, being so redundant yeah, that, like, you kind of know what's going to happen. It did a very good job of scaring you, and then the story being so different where it's like you don't know what the fuck to expect you don't know what the fuck's gonna go on you don't like i i was really like i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't this is like a twist and turn every corner and 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 uh so i was like yeah this is this is solid and then i also liked like the vibe of it was very like not grindhouse-ish but like it didn't take itself serious like even at the end so so like the justin long part where he just pops up that totally takes you out of the scary element to take you back in. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, but not a typical horror film uh, that I've ever watched the uh, type of vibe. Yeah. Then even at the end, like the editing of like the subtitles at the end was very Grindhouse. It reminded me of like Grindhouse movies, how like they, they, they direct stuff and things like that. So I felt overall... I enjoyed it, but I knew, like, not everybody would. And then I also understood why our friend didn't. Because like, well, there's been movies like The Babadook that we've talked about. Well, he didn't like it. I liked it. I, I thought it was, a, a, like, a solid movie, but also went over, like, postpartum, I think, depression, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, a lot of shit. There's a lot of, like, psychological shit that, like, wow, this is very smart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's obviously a low-budget, more low-budget movie. This is not a movie that a lot of people would be like, wow, this is the best movie. It's like people who, who like like The Witch or people who like like The Lighthouse, they'll like Barbarian. They'll like The Babadook because they look at it but from the, that those perspective. Those are also like like you, The Witch, The Lighthouse, Barbarian. Like You just mentioned three 
scary slash thriller movies that are that are probably like the best in 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 the last decade yeah 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 you're right and so it's like it's next it's the smarter horror films those are the films that like we actually when we were working together we were putting people on the witch and they were coming like damn this shit is wrong and it's like what (laughs) you never heard of the witch so i knew I knew that, like, it's a certain... That's when you made Covenant with Black Phillip, right? <laughs> <laughs> that became a whole joke, too. Yeah. So it's like people were like... We were getting people into that shit, yeah. whereas people, they're like, oh, hey, have you watched The Lighthouse yet? Like, yeah. what, do, what do you know about The Lighthouse? Yeah, yeah. the director of The Witch, yeah. you know, the one movie we talked about. Or, like, when... Uh, what's the other movie that came out from uh, the same director? The Northman. The Northman. Yeah. People were telling me I got to watch The Northman. Motherfucker, first of all, I knew about The Northman. I haven't watched it yet, but I will say that was my least favorite of his films. Yeah. Well, it was good. It's just a very straightforward story. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, because that director, I forget his name. But Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, yep. He he does horror so well that he took the Northman and he did a good job, but yeah. it was just like... To me, that just that movie just doesn't have like a lot of replay value. Yeah, yeah. The witch does to me. Even the lighthouse, the lighthouse fucked me up because like it's a it's a very like Twilight Zone. Yeah, type of, yeah. So like out of all his movies, the lighthouse to me has been like the one that I go back to the most. Then the witch. Yeah, I would say I like the witch a little bit better because like in in I I like the whole. Like satanic element is yes. is real creepy, yeah. you know. And to me, there's something in in just incredibly enthralling about like making an animal that's just being an animal look yeah. so like scary. Yeah, you know, it was it's just good filmmaking the way that he did it. And Barbarian has great filmmaking, yes. and and it was so funny about it is. I ended up watching it with my mom and it's funny because you know my mom she she liked you know the the uh Twilight Zone a lot of like Alfred Hitchcock movies and stuff like that and that's what I got out of this like it it was I got a very like Alfred Hitchcock type of vibe from yeah. the Barbarian it's funny because I was telling my mom like uh, some years ago, she bought me a book on filmmaking, and there's there's this uh, it's like an excerpt in there from Alfred Hitchcock, and he talks about how if you sit two people down at a table in a cafe having a regular conversation, there's nothing particularly particularly interesting about that. Yeah, he's like, but now. Before those two people sit down in that cafe having that same conversation, you have somebody walk by and place a ticking time bomb under the table and walk off before they sit down in that same at that same table in the same cafe having the same conversation. Yeah. It's 10 times more interesting and you're 10 times more enthralled because of that one little element. Yeah. That was placed there. This conversation and, became and, the and, most important thing, and, and 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 that's what takes place in Barbarian, not in in that uh, uh, specific way, but in the way of like how the little subtleties matter so much. How in the flashback scene, there's something like so off color about those pastel colors 
that it, it's creepy. Yes. It, but even though everything is like it looks bright and sunny and 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 what should be lovely, but there's still something like so offbeat yeah. and creepy about it. The lighting, also the way that the filmmaker takes the casting repertoire of the actors In and, and sort of and sort of uses it against the audience. For instance, yeah. Bill Skarsgård, who's it? He's he's yeah. literally Pennywise the clown in the in the newer it. <laughs> You take his acting repertoire and it's like, damn, the whole time the audience is sort of suspicious of this guy. And then you take Justin Long's repertoire, who he's always like the nice, good guy, funny. Yeah. And like it works, it serves against the audience. Yeah. Also, you and I, we were having a phone conversation and I was saying how, which spoiler warning, if you don't realize by now. I guess we kind of gave some spoilers, but like this is like the major spoiler. So if you don't want the movie Barbarian spoiled for you, you should probably li stop listening now and just come back next week for next week's episode. Get the fuck out. But those that have seen it or don't mind the mo movie being spoiled, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the monster, how I looked at it as like a commentary on the matriarchy, like, like this yeah. idea that like, Yes, the w women in, in some capacities have had a rough past, but it's become this thing that it's so monstrous that it's taking its anger out on the wrong guys. Yeah. You yeah. know, and trying to still baby the 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 wrong guys. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so you're treating you're treating the good guys bad and you're treating the bad guys good. Yeah. The 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 guy who takes advantage and holds the power over women is the guy who the matriarchy wants. Yeah. So well no, that doesn't help you. And like and like you said, the the guy that plays it, you know, he's tall. He's in a situation where the girl coming in into the film he kind of does have the advantage over her if he's going to do something fucked up. And so you already make all these assumptions of yeah. who he might be. And it's like, well, he hasn't really done anything bad. Yeah. If anything, he was like kind enough to be like, well, I don't know you. You can stay in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we see what happens to him after. And it's like, well, that, that it, it, it's it's nuts. Because like even the title is kind of a funny title. That's the whole point of the movie. Like the barbar who is the barbarian here? Yeah. Who is the barbarian? And and when and when you find out, you're like, wow, damn. Yeah. <laughs> what does that say about like my thinking? You know? And when a film makes you think about that, like how you thought and how you perceive things, that's it's a it's a yeah. movie that made you think. You know? I, I my rating five stars. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a five star movie. It's great. For what? <sighs> damn. With horror films, I guess you just gotta be okay with the fact that, like, when you watch it once, there will be an element that when you watch it again won't be there. Even with The Witch, even with Lighthouse, Barbarian. So I could see where you could you could look at it from the horror perspective. It's like, well, for a horror, that's that's a, that's a solid, yeah, that's a five, or or at bare minimum a four. But to me, that's where, where horror films kind of, uh, I don't want to say that they lack because the whole point of horror is like, you know, it scares you. It's the unknown. But when you know part of the story and that element is taken away from the horror film, 
its replay its replay value isn't as as good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, because like for instance, the, does it does it take away from you like when you like rewatch The Departed and like you know that like Oh no. You get you know like so but See it, The Departed has so many elements. Like this movie had elements, but it's like it's main like the main reason you watch scary movie is is like the scary factor. Yeah, no. Like like you 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 because even though the scary factor the and and this i i think but i would say is the scary factor still remains maybe the jump scare factor but this movie didn't have many jump scares to begin with anyway no so that that's the thing i would say i would agree with your argument if the movie is banking off of jump scares well then yeah but in a movie like for instance the original night of the living dead that doesn't bank off of jump scares a no. lot. So like the grudge I, does, because huh? The grudge does. Right. So every time yeah. I watch the original Night of the Living Dead, I still enjoy it. It's it's like when I watch Seven, because I I watch I usually watch Seven around this time of year. Yeah. Like you know, great the, ass film. There's no jump scares in that. That's I some you can, one can even argue that that's not even a scary movie. It des- definitely has like scary elements to it, yeah. real creepy elements. Doesn't take it away. Doesn't take anything away that like I already know who John Doe is and it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because when a movie is made well, now if the movie is like if, if 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 a lot of the entertainment factor banks off of jump scares, well that's yeah. different. And perhaps that's what our friend like looks at when it comes to horror films. Like, yeah. but that like jump scares like at this point it's sort of a gimmick really. Like it's like you know you're not. Like a lot of times, it's it, it it's it's so. I like jump scares when I'm watching a movie with a chick. I find it fun, like fun when they jump, or like funny when they jump, yeah. or like yeah, <laughs> they hold on to you. So like that, like as a as a cultural thing, like when you when I was young and I would watch movies in which people are watching scary movies, they're gripping to the dude. Like yeah. that's an experience that's badass to me. I don't know why, but I've, I've always liked that. So in that regard, yes. If I'm watching it by myself, well, yeah, jump scares are not as big of a deal. Yeah. You get me? Or when I'm watching a movie, well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking thinking. from the perspective of just like good filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like the filmmaking perspective. And it, it was pretty flawless in that regard. Yeah. Like you said, from the when the neighborhood was nice to how it's ugly to the angles to... The cinematography, yeah. the writing, the editing, even the way that the, uh, the, the protagonist is... Her character is sculpted She's sculpted in a way, personality-wise, where you understand the decisions she makes throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I mean, it was good. It was watch I, it. Yeah, <laughs> watch it. Let us know what you guys think. Absolutely. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening, so keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, you can go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.